Live from cities and towns throughout the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's On the Road series. May the narrative be with you. I wouldn't say that I'm obsessed with fire. <laughs> it's more of a fascination. And I will offer this evidence. You know how at the campfire when the marshmallow sticks comes out, a lot of kids will put that marshmallow right in the fire and hold it till it bursts into flames. And then they'll hold it up and let it burn like a torch and they'll start waving it around till it flies off into someone's hair or catches something on fire. That wasn't me, I wasn't that kid. I held my marshmallow carefully up to the edge of the flames and rolled it until it was a perfect golden brown. And then I ate it every time. But I think the thing with fire for me started the summer that I turned eight years old in Fremont, California. And uh, my little brother, he was seven. We ran out of the house, we jumped on our bikes we went up the street to get our buddy, Eddie. He was nine. He was the big guy. And um, we went up there. He came out of the house. We all got on our bikes. <laughs> but instead of heading back towards the orchards and the fields and the blackberries, the barns where we always played, for some reason, and I don't know why, this day we pedaled up towards the big road, Fremont Boulevard. There's two lanes in each direction, a big road, and we never went up that way. But there was this big old house at the corner. And uh, it looked like the house from Psycho, this huge old house. The windows were broken out. Uh, the paint was long gone. Nobody had lived there ever since we moved to Walnut Avenue. And I remember it was hot in August, and the, the dry grass was growing up all around the house and we parked our bikes and we made our way up these rickety stairs some of them were broken out but we carefully picked our way up and we got in there and we looked around it was a little bit creepy because there was a table in the middle of this big room and strewn all around was this junk mail flyers and envelopes and things and it looked like people had been staying there and um, you call them homeless people nowadays, but we call them hobos. We thought hobos had been staying in there. But uh, we looked around and on the table, there was some candles and some matches and stuff. And I don't remember whose idea it was, but it wasn't long before that candle got lit. And so we stood around looking at that, and we were kind of proud of ourselves. <laughs> and I don't remember who picked up the first envelope and held it over that candle and lit it on fire. But when it burned down, it got to my fingers. It hurt like hell. So I ran over and threw it out the window. And. Pretty soon, we were all doing it, picking up a piece of paper and holding it up until it burned and then throwing it out the window until 
I went over to throw one out, and I noticed all this smoke and stuff. And I looked out, and there was a fire about the size of a truck or something down there coming up the side of the house. And I ran back, and I said, the house is on fire. We got to get out of here. So we hauled ass down the stairs. And I don't know how we made it without falling through the holes, but we got down. We got on our bikes, <laughs> and we took off. And we were making a good getaway until I said, we got to tell mom. And they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> they said, no way. And they took off. But I went straight home. I ran in the house. She was in the kitchen. I ran in there and I said, mom, the house is on fire. <laughs> well, that's a statement that will get any mother's attention. <laughs> and she stopped and she looked at me. What house? And I said, the big old house up at the end of the road. And she just turned and she went straight to the phone and she picked it up and she dialed the fire department. And she got off the phone, she hung it up, she looked at me and she said, where's Bruce and Eddie? <laughs> and by then, I realized it was time to start getting vague about things. <laughs> and I said, they're out there. I think they went in the orchard. She said, you sit on the couch and do not move. And so she went out and she found them and she brought it in, brought them in. And she said, you boys sit on that couch and do not move. And so we sat there for a really long time. And uh, I don't know how long it was, but after a while she came in there and she said, you boys go out and get in the car. I want you to see what you have done. And she said it in a voice that I knew this time I was in really big trouble. I was in even more trouble than that time I called my baby sister fat face when she had the mumps. <laughs> and so we went out and we got in the car and she drove up the road and uh, she did a slow drive-by, and that house was fully involved in flames. Every fire truck in the city of Fremont, California, must have been there pouring everything they had onto that house. But it was, it was pretty much gone already. So she just drove up and turned around and drove back home and said, you boys get in the house, and you wait till the fire chief comes. And so... We did, we sat down on the couch and we waited and waited. And he did come, he finally came. And she came in and said, you boys go with the chief. So we went out and he was driving that shiny red fire chief car and we all got in the back seat. And he took off and he drove and I knew, I knew I was going to jail. And um, we were just silent, and he drove for a long time. Until finally he found a quiet road, and he pulled over. And he looked back over the seat, and he looked at us. <clears throat> and now looking back, being a father of a 10-year-old, I can see he was trying really hard not to laugh at those three terrified boys in the back seat. But he looked at us. And he said, finally, he said, now do you boys know why you don't play with matches? 
And we were like, yeah, yes, chief. And he said, all right then. And he drove us home. And he let us out. And that was it. Except as soon as we got out, my mom said, now you boys wait till your father gets home. Um, so we went in the house and pretty soon Eddie's dad came and got him and took him home. It was just my brother and I and we had to go to our room and wait. And finally dad came home and I don't know how I overheard or found out. Um, but she told him that the chief had actually told her that they had been planning on burning that house down as an exercise anyway. <laughs> And that it was really actually a better exercise this way. <laughs> and um, so dad never really said much, you know. We never really got in much more trouble than that. It was, it was pretty much the end of it. But it turned out later in life, the first job I got out of high school, I was a wildland firefighter. And uh, I know, it's, but so when you're a firefighter, sometimes you have to set back burns and burn slash piles. And they'd hand me a drip torch, this really cool thing with fire at the end, and I got to walk around setting things on fire. I mean, really big, awesome fires, too. And so now I can say, Never play with matches unless you're getting paid for it. 